This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am, but today it's 8.06. Uh, <laughs> reason being is I had to reset my router as a hope of trying to sort out this internet chaos that's been going on in this area, as I've been telling you about for a few days. So I'm hoping that uh, that, that might have fixed the problem. So I'm hoping you can see me and hear me very clearly indeed do let me know in the chat box uh speaking of which good morning to those joining us in the chat box now some of you in the comment section i know very staunch in your defense of me yesterday now i appreciate that uh it's nice to feel uh defended at times someone left a comment saying they don't like me reading out the names um of, of the people that join in the chat box now often the stream yard does for straight people because it just takes away the names of the people that have tuned in first and you know i'm always one for taking on feedback so we had a request that we don't read out the names anymore of the people that, that you know take the time that support the channel and so in response to that feedback i thought we'd read out even more um so jean good morning to you to jacob to old dave to jesper to guna 76 uh to steve to johnny to aaron daniel paul ben good morning to you to culture mark old dave william pear uh i pung i pung uh colin chris good morning to iwegbu um tailwood studios you nathan uh jonas ahmed ant yared daryl uh archie kingham we've got temi uh we've got Stephen and brad and Nyamdo and tom we've got jean and william and snorri and darren uh, we've got Amberly. I could do an entire podcast just reading out names this morning. Daryl, CT, Nav. Uh, we've got Ahmed. We've got, uh, I've got the usuals. Maximus, I see in there as well. Uh, Matt G, I'm hoping to see. Amesy, Invisible Car, Reese. These are names I don't usually get to read out. I'm reading out even more names than usual because of this. Um, so there we go. Good morning. Really appreciate your time. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. If I didn't read out your name, I can only apologize. Just don't leave me an angry comment because I'll probably just do the opposite of what you ask for. Uh, right, let's jump into yesterday's story, shall we? Um, Premier League results from yesterday's games. Nothing really that could help out Arsenal. Um, Wolves with a very impressive win. Gary O'Neill 
continuing to do a very good job uh, there and winning 4-1 at Brentford. Uh, Chelsea uh, also uh, winning 2-1 against Crystal Palace, the game that Maurizio Pochettino absolutely had to win. Uh, Chelsea with uh, that. I mean, it was a, a rather... It wasn't a performance that is going to inspire any amount of confidence is probably the right way to to put it. I still think that Chelsea are very much on the rocks. Crystal Palace, unlucky, brilliant goal from Elise uh, in that game, taking it down his chest, volleying in it in, in the little bottom man corner. It was a fantastic goal. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea getting a little bit lucky maybe there. And then Everton couldn't sadly hold on in their game against Manchester City. They took a 1-0 lead into halftime, but three second-half goals from Man City in the end got the job done. There was some question marks about the penalty. Um, a lot of people have suggested if you don't give the penalty against Odegaard, how can you give the penalty uh, against uh, Everton? I'm not sure who it was that, that was the the person involved. It was Anana potentially. Um, but uh, they gave the penalty and, and Julian Alvarez took it and scored it. And eventually they went on to win 3-1, which means they closed the gap still at the top of the table to the Gunners. Um, moving into transfer news, and according to Moroccan outfit Left 360, um, Arsenal are said to have scouted Ibrahim Salah, a player that I know very little about. He plays for uh, Stade Rennes um, in uh, Liga and he's been doing... Well enough, it seems that Arsenal's scouts have been impressed and are making um, his profile known to the club, it seems, at this stage. And uh, so far, season, he has three goals in 11 Liga games, six goals and 16 across all competitions. He's more of a left winger, uh, right-footed. Um, I don't know enough about him. Is he? He's nowhere near as good as the Salah we know, I think is probably the best way to put it. Uh, and at the age uh, of 22, he's still got a lot more learning to do. I, I just don't think that this is the type of forward that I think Arsenal fans are going to get excited about, to be honest. But according to Le 360, uh, Arsenal are and have scouted the player. Now, James McNicholas did a fantastic piece uh, of transfer overview and summary for The Athletic, in which he spoke about a number of topics. You can read the full article, of course, on The Athletic website. Uh, but he spoke about Arsenal's key targets for both January and what is most likely to be um, the summer transfer window. Uh, Martin Zubamendi, Pedro Nettel, Nettel? <laughs> Neto and Jural Hato uh, are all linked uh, with moves with the Gunners and all, are all certainly very, very um, high on the Gunners' list. Now, Jural Heto is an interesting prospect we talked about him on the channel before but he's 18 months left on his deal he's only 17 years of age if we were to sign him in January there is potential for him to count as homegrown in the future Arsenal see him supposedly as a very very good option financially now but if he was to sign a brand new deal with Ajax that would hike the price up quite considerably but the interest from Arsenal is certainly real in Jorol Heto and he is and has become, I think, one of the most exciting young defenders in Europe at the moment. His, met his metrics are unbelievably good, um, and he's worth keeping your eyes peeled to. Will he be the player that Arsenal signed in January? Well, a defender is certainly high up on that list, as is uh, a midfielder. So we will need to wait and see what happens. But Mikel Arteta did provide some interesting feedback on the January transfer window. He was asked about January and he said, that's a different matter. We are just focusing on the importance of the game tomorrow. Fulham 
and then the FA Cup. He was asked specifically kind of about whether or not um, the the depth uh, in terms of the squad, he says, at the moment it's very difficult because we are really short and we have been very exposed in the last six weeks. Hopefully we're going to get players back in what condition and when is the question mark because of, uh, we've had some long-term injuries, which we'll talk about in a second, for certain players that give us a lot of versatility and that's an issue. And he then was asked about January regarding that and said, we have certain targets and ideas of things happen. We don't know how the squad is going to be and you have to be prepared for that. It's a very tricky market that shifts very quickly and it's quite unpredictable as well. We will be prepared and try to make the right calls. He was further asked about if he wishes for his side to be active in the window and he said if there is something that we can improve the squad and need something that we can't fulfill with players here, then we are always going to be open to doing that because we want to be stronger. And I think that we can all agree that this is a really encouraging sign from Mikel Arteta regarding the January transfer window. I have said for quite some time that people should temper their expectations around January. I'd only expect Arsenal to move for a player if they genuinely believe that it is the right player for the squad and maybe they might need to see a player leave if they want to bring somebody in during this next transfer window. Um, he was also asked about the statuses of Thomas Partey and Takira Tomiyasu, and he confirmed that neither of those have changed. On the team news, he says, uh, nothing has changed yet, but we have Kaya suspension, so we are a bit short, but we still have a lot of players available to play. He was asked specifically about um, Takira Tomiyasu and, and Thomas Partey, and he said that they both have not yet trained. Um, and that's obviously very frustrating. He was asked if there is a a chance that we could see the players go before the Asia Cup and the African Cup of Nations. He says there is a chance. Hopefully they can evolve in the right way. There is some talks between the clubs and the federations at the moment. And of course, I spoke to you previously about that FA Cup game against Liverpool. That could be a game that the federations of their relative nations might appreciate those players being involved in just to kind of get them up to speed and get some minutes in their legs. And I think if Arsenal can use either of those players against Liverpool, it would be a really big benefit to us. So let's see how those injuries evolve. And and that is exactly what Mikel Arteta has said. And so we kind of have to lean on those words as well. But continuing with uh, Arteta's press conference and going through some of the other interesting points about the Christmas period. He said, well, it's a beautiful time of year, especially when you have kids. Uh, we had the opportunity this year because of the schedule to have some time off and we enjoyed that period in a different way. Of course, Arsenal didn't play on Boxing Day. They're playing tonight on the 28th, which is quite different for us. Uh, he was asked about the feeling of being top of the table and he said it feels similar. It's always a good feeling to have a chance to be at the top of the Premier League, understanding how competitive it is. Tomorrow, we're going to have a really difficult opponent in front of us and we're going to have to be at our best. And of course, those results for Liverpool and Man City mean the pressure is on Arsenal to win the game. He was asked about the difficulty of West Ham and he said it's very difficult. They are a really good side, really well coached. It's incredible the success that they had last year and they are again this season showing a lot of consistency. They beat Spurs and Manchester United and that tells you everything about the, the difficulty of the game tomorrow and we're going to have to be really good. And he's right. We are going to have to be really good and we're going to talk about that game and a little bit more right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, of course, you can get all of the latest Arsenal news and preview of the game against West Ham by watching our preview show that went out yesterday evening. I was joined by three fantastic guests, Mike, Garrett and James, all had a chat with me about the game tonight against West Ham. So if you want to watch and catch up on that preview show, it is the last live upload on the channel. So make sure that you do. Also, uh, as I mentioned during that show, the ticket sales have gone so well for our live event, that there are less than 10 available now. I told people that there are only 10 left yesterday night uh, on the preview show. There are less than 10 tickets available now for our live event. I'm telling you the final 10. We haven't even announced the lineup yet. And I thought that, you know, it'd be great to, to see how many tickets we can sell. And then when people know who's going to be on the event, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sell out. But it's... It's selling out before we even got to the lineup, which is such a humbling thing. So thank you to everybody that has already bought tickets to the live event. I can't wait to meet and see so many of you at the event, um, you and yours, and uh, some familiar faces, of course, some new faces. And I can't wait for you to to experience our second edition of our live event. Our first one, of course, we did in August was was really fantastic. I enjoyed every second of it. We've got some new faces this year um, as well. I really want to try and, you know, if we do more of these live events, mix and match and bring some old faces back for future ones and bring some new faces into the live events for this one, um, which I plan on doing. So I look forward to, to hosting it on February 22nd. That's the Thursday, the day after the game against Porto away from home in the Champions League. So uh, we'll have that to talk about, um, the first leg of the Champions League, and then look ahead. I'm looking ahead now. What is the, uh, what's the weekend game for that? We have Porto, on the, well, Newcastle United on at home on the Saturday. So a home game uh, that weekend as well. So if you're in town for that Newcastle game that week, then that is, uh, that is the way forwards. Um, Let's uh, hold on. Have I spelled Arteta's name wrong in the? I've I've spelled Arteta's name wrong in the uh, in the thumbnail. Oh, no, Arteta, Arteta is what I've put. <laughs> Brilliant, Arteta. Right. Well, that'll be changed afterwards. Sorry about that. Thank you for pointing that out for me, Azrael. Uh, Arteta, <laughs> dear me, that's me when I have to get up at six a.m. to make all this stuff. It's always that I'm going to make an error at some point. Right. Let's go into the chat box then, and maybe we should read out some more names. Just to annoy those people. Shall we read out some more names? Good morning to Dao. Uh, or Dao, I should say. Uh, good morning to Jack. Good morning to NSW, to Gage, to Matt G, to Marcus, uh, Damien. Good morning. Culture Mark, Rob Bob. Uh, thank you so much, guys and girls, for tuning in. Black Shine or Derille. Uh, let's take some, some questions, though, shall we? Uh, Colin uh, says, what will your stance be if we don't bring any January signings in? Um, this is a fair question. I assume what you mean by what is your stance is is kind of where am I going to be out 
at regarding kind of my view on the club. I'd be disappointed. Um, you know, I, I want to see Arsenal strengthen. We're in a great position in the league. We know what injuries we're facing. We need to see, we need to bring in some reinforcements. I've always said that I think the expectations of bringing in loads of players is a little bit unrealistic because I just don't think we're going to be signing more than max two. Um, but I'd be very disappointed if we don't sign anybody. Yeah, very, very disappointed in, indeed. Uh, Aaron says, TC, if we signed Hato in January and loaned him back for the season, would uh, he still be considered as homegrown for the next season? I Not for the next season. You have to be at a club, I think, three years but before the age of 21 um, to count as homegrown. So if we signed him and loaned him back, yes. I think it works the same way as it did with Saliba. We signed him and then loaned him back to Saint-Étienne, but because he was an Arsenal player, he still, I think, uh, it counts as homegrown. So, yes, I believe, Aaron, that's how it works. But you need to be at a club, I think, for three years in England before your 21st birthday for that to uh, count. Uh, Wilson says, which positions need to be filled in the January transfer window and why? Well, I think that the priorities are in the defensive midfield. We are shortest in those areas. Yes, I know that people are desperate for another centre-forward to come in, but realistically, that's not going to happen in January. Um the whole Ivan Tony talk, I, I just don't see happening in January. Who knows? I could be wrong. I just I can't foresee it happening. Um, the defence, though, we need to make sure we've got depth there. The midfield, we need to make sure we've got depth there. So I'd sign two players. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to sign a wide player. I'd love to sign a really rapid winger. But I don't see Pedro Neto being accessible during this window. Um Game Jot says, how funny do you find it when most journos backtrack after an Ormstein bomba? Uh, suddenly, 85% of journalists get shook most recently on the Tony situation. Um, David Ormstein is, you know, in, in terms of idols to look at in the journalism sphere, obviously, uh, at, at the absolute peak. Uh, his, his sources are brilliant. The work he does behind the scenes is so measured. He's so cons He's so conscious about what he says. And what he puts out because he wants to. It's not about being first. Uh, I know that David is is fantastic at getting exclusive and being first, but it's not about being first, David. It's about getting the right information and making sure it's so incredibly accurate. So when he said the likelihood of like you know Ivan Tony in January not being high, you know it's something that we've talked about on the channel here, and I've said to you and been consistent about that Ivan Tony, despite Arsenal having interest, just doesn't seem like a realistic thing. How does it feel when people backtrack? I mean, I think you have to consider what the stories are. Look at where the sources are. It's not typically coming from the, the you know, the most well-known, uh, most accurate sources out there when those people tend to backtrack. It's more on some of the wannabe ITKs out there, if anything. like I've seen so many ITKs try to claim that, you know, Partey is going to be back for Liverpool and, you know, Tommy Asu could be back before the end of the year and, you know, things like this. And all I know is that I am I speak to some people within the club sometimes from the benefit of my job and it's never been anywhere close to seeing Partey coming back. I remember there was those links with, um, you know, did, do you remember hearing the stories that Partey was unhappy um, and that he might seek a time away because he's not been getting many minutes? A, he was injured. B, I spoke to someone who's got some people pretty close to Partey and they were like, we don't know where this story is coming from. <laughs> where the whole Partey's frustrated wants to leave. We don't know where this story has come from. So, um, yeah, it is, it is. And some things you can report, some things you talk about, some things you don't. You know, you don't need necessarily put your name to something which disproves. You don't, it's, it's a little bit of um, 
sometimes it can be looked a little bit weird if you're going out and putting stories on. Arsenal are not interested in this guy. Arsenal are no longer talking to this guy because things change very quickly in the sphere of transfers. You know, one minute Arsenal may not be speaking to a player, but, you know, in the next moment they they could have actually turned around and, and made an inquiry. So things do change very quickly. And I think the world that we live in regarding content creation and social media is that people like to pin stories or stances i mean i was literally asked that question in this show what will your stance be if we don't sign anybody and it's like people want to have you in a court uh, they want to have you in one side of the field or the other you have to be off the fence you have to have an opinion on everything and when you have that opinion you can't backtrack you can't change sometimes as front yard says new information does change things you know but what i would say is that the tony situation has been very consistent throughout the course of this season. Arsenal have interest in the player, but it's just not very likely at all that he is going to leave Brentford in January. That has been the consistent stance. Whenever you've seen things like Arsenal leading the race or, you know, going to put in a hundred million pound bid, like it, it doesn't, it hasn't aligned with my understanding that it's been very much Arsenal like the player, but it's very unlikely that something in January will happen. The player, you know, likes Arsenal, you know, is is curious about the potential project there, but th there's so much that has to happen for that deal to take place. So, very, very interesting. Rancis says, what's your most disliked Arsenal player? What a lovely, beautiful question. Who do I dislike the most? Um, <laughs> it's, it's probably got to be somebody that, you know, has left Arsenal in rather frustrating circumstances. I really disliked how Alexis Sanchez left when he left. Obviously, Robin Van Persie, Samir Nasri. Um, so it's it's a tough one. It's a it's a really it's a real tough one. I remember seeing Samir Nasri in the Arsenal press lounge before the game between Arsenal and Man City. That was the game that there were some rumours going around that a fan confronted Samir Nasri during that game. Like that that takes things too far. Like I, I don't know, I understand why people don't like players, but when, as soon as you start going, you know. And crossing lines, it goes a little bit far. Gendouzi is a good shout, Maximius. Yeah, Gendouzi is a great um, example because for me, Gendouzi was a really talented player that allowed his ego to get in the way of it. He wasn't willing to, um, you know, kind of appreciate the coaching he would have got had he have, you know, taken on board what Arteta was willing to do and. His personality, sadly, and his, his his actions at the club and his misbehaviors meant that he cost himself a position in one of the most exciting teams that are producing young talent. And I think that he's gone backwards since leaving Arsenal. He was a player being linked to PSG. He was a player being considered for the French national side as a potential future starter. And he's gone to Hertha Berlin. He's gone to Marseille. He fell out of the Marseille team. He's now at Lazio. You know, he's still playing at big teams. These are big clubs, but. Yeah, Gendouzi, I'm not the biggest fan of because I just think that he wasted such an opportunity to work with Mikel Arteta and he wasn't willing to buy into that project and that process. And Arteta was trusting him. Arteta was starting him in games. Um, but he took things too far and wasn't willing to take ownership for his mistakes. And that led to... And trust me, he was given the opportunity to... You know, he was given second and third chances at the club. He was given the opportunity to apologise for his actions and, you know, with the, the rest is history. So, yeah. Uh, Lucas says, Ibrahimovic trailed, uh, trialed, sorry, at Arsenal and had a big ego. Even he's not an Arsenal player, but still, of course. And big egos, 
are what make some of the most successful players in the world what they are. Thierry Henry, you know, how much confidence can one man have? Thierry Henry embodies that ego, self-belief, confidence that made him the player that he is. But you've also got to have some humility. You can have ego without ha- without being hubristic, you know, about it. You can have ego and self-confidence, but also be humble enough to recognize what the right pathway forwards and when you, you know, when you need to, to get in line, when someone takes you down a peg to just take it, accept it. And it's hard to do that, you know. I think we all struggle with that, but that's ultimately what the best players. And Zlatan, as an example, always, he tended to to back it up. It didn't work with Pep Guardiola and he left Barcelona, you know, and then went off and had a fantastic career with uh, back in Italy and, of course, with PSG as well. So, you know, you can't say that Zlatan didn't, wasn't successful. He, he absolutely was. Um, Jonas says, when Cesc said that he would never wear a Chelsea shirt, a couple of years later he did. Money talks. Again, the Cesc thing is an interesting one. I've never been that upset about Cesc Fabregas going to Chelsea. He wanted to come back to Arsenal. The option was there to come back to the Arsenal. Arsene Wenger did not want to take up the option because he believed that we had enough in Mesut Ozil. I mean, imagine if Arsenal had Ozil and and Cesc in the same midfield. And once Arsenal said, no, thank you, we're not exercising that option to sign you, as long as he's not going to Spurs, I think Spurs would be a step too far. But Chelsea are... I hate Chelsea. There was a period of time where I hate Chelsea more than Spurs just because just because of the success they were having, the way they were doing it and, and the players they signed and stuff. But I have nothing against Cesc Fabregas going to, going to Chelsea. I know a lot of Arsenal fans do, but I really don't, I really don't have the, the, the energy to dislike Cesc because he, he was for a period a player that, that continued to keep us at the, into the, inside the top four in the, in the Champions League and, you know, I'll appreciate what he did for us during that period. And he always wanted to go Barca. And I think he regrets that he went when he did. And he probably should have gone a bit later. But it is, it's the way that it goes. Um, I haven't got the energy to dislike him as I dislike some other former Arsenal players. Um, a lot of suggestions coming into the chat box. Wayne doesn't like Koscielny. I think the Koscielny thing is harsh. You know, that thing where he took off the shirt with the Bordeaux one underneath. I know he refused to go on that summer tour. Not the best behaviour, but again, I'm not that fussed about that situation. I think life's too short to get annoyed by that stuff. Um, the Nasri one I get, the Van Persie stuff I get, but I think Sesk and Koscielny are slightly different. Um, yeah, Chan Ho says, I don't blame Sesk because they injected the chance to re-sign him. Exactly. Uh, Lee says, can we be selfish and not send our two players to the cup competition in January, especially if no new players come in? Lee, the answer is no. And the reason why the answer is no is for a number of reasons. The reason why that these tournaments are played during the season is obviously because of uh, geographical reasons. Africa is exceptionally hot during the summer. And so the reason why we moved the, the Qatar World Cup to uh, the winter months is because it's the safest period of time for those federations to have their tournaments. I think that Africans rightly point out that their federation tournament, the African Cup of Nations, is incredibly disparaged. And it's incredibly disparaged because it is played during the domestic season, because that is the safest period for it to be played at certain times. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the African Cup of Nations is typically scheduled for a summer competition, but they do often have to change it to the winter months because of the expected temperatures during that time. I could be wrong about that, but I felt like I read that somewhere, that the African Cup of Nations is often moved to the domestic season because of the sim- simply because of the temperatures that are expected during when they would originally have it. I could be wrong, but I think I read that. Um, 
African players want to play for their countries. African players should be able to play for their countries and clubs should not be able to prevent those players from going and playing for their nation at that African Cup of Nations. If it was the other way around and the European Championships were being played during the season and, you know, Bakaya Saka was selected by Arsenal and had a few injuries, was coming back from injury. As an England fan, you know, I couldn't have too much frustration you know, I can't be a hypocrite. I'd want him to play for England because whilst I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm also uh, an England fan. You know, I'm not particularly... If it's between Arsenal win the Champions League or England win the World Cup, I'm always picking Arsenal. But I am still an England fan and I want to see England succeed and I'd want Saka to play as an England fan. But I just feel like the African Cup of Nations is so quickly dismissed at times. Like Some people suggest that we shouldn't sign players because they might go to the African Cup of Nations. I think this is mad. The last time Partey was in the African Cup of Nations, he missed one game. One game. One Arsenal game. That was it. That's all that, that's all that Partey missed. Ghana were eliminated in the knockout, in the uh, group stages. He came back and played straight away. It's just frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I can... I, I think it's frustrating for African football fans. And I think African football fans get very frustrated by that, and rightfully so. And I think they have a reason to be. Uh, Walter says, Tom, I don't know how the climate situation is further up in Africa, but here in South Africa, our summer season is your winter season, i.e. right now it's summer, of course, geographically. Is, is that where um, the African Cup of Nations is being played this time around then? Uh, I'm, I've got to say, um, I'm not I'm not 100%. 2024, let's have a quick look. What is the host nation? Um, it is... Oh, it's got six. Six venues in five host cities. So I assume that those different nations, because of that, will change things. So it says here, hold on. The 2023 African Nations, known as the uh, 2023 AFCON, uh, will take place between January and February. Um, It says uh, the addition of the tournament was initially planned to be the third since 2019 to take place during the Northern Hemisphere's summer in order to reduce scheduling conflicts with European club teams and competitions. However, it was postponed by the CAF to the 13th of January to the 11th of February on the the 3rd of July 2022 due to adverse summer weather conditions uh, in the Ivory Coast. Uh, Whilst retaining the addition's original name for the sponsorship purposes, this followed the 2021 edition in Cameroon also being moved to the Northern Hemisphere's winter season for similar reasons. So I thought, yeah, I I thought that that was right. Um... Yeah, I was pretty sure I was right about it being switched because of the weather and uh, the climate. And yeah, I was. Um, Game Shot says, it seems like we're mostly going to be doing some loans during this window. I bet the club themselves are not 100% yet sure on the players. But do you have any insight into who might be a realistic loan? I honestly don't because I think the loan thing is, we talked about this a couple of days ago. I can't see Arsenal getting a loan player that's going to be effective enough. Typically, what you have to find for a club that are challenging for a title is a player that's quite experienced, that's not getting too many minutes, or a player that is just, you know, he's having some problems and not get, he's not appreciated by the manager. So Jaden Sancho is a good example of a younger player in that category. But yeah, it's very difficult to see an option that would work for Arsenal um, and that would be able to bring in, um, you know, a, a significant amount of... Uh, of a quality that's not being used by their their current team. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe 
maybe we're going to have to wait and see what options are available. I know I say that all the time, but it is true. Lucas says, what about a loan with a mandatory purchase? I don't really count that. You know, I'm talking about kind of dry loans. A loan with a mandatory purchase clause is effectively kind of a delayed transfer. Like it's just, that's all that it is. So I don't really talk about that when it comes to, maybe we can work out some kind of financial deal that works in that sense for a different type of player. I think Ignacio, the the sporting centre-back has been, talked about as maybe being someone that we signed initially on loan with a option because that's the same way that Pedro Porro was signed by Spurs. So maybe that's an option for Arsenal. But yeah, let's let's see. Um Lotus, who in your opinion is the best lost talent we've had because of injury? A lot of contenders for that award, but I think it's Rosicki. He had an ability to glide past two or three players with so much ease. Obviously there is a lot. There's you know Wilshire, there's Diaby, um there's loads of players that could fall into that category. I think Diaby for me is, is up there. Rosicki is one of my favourite players of all time. At Arsenal, I loved that player. I think it was fantastic. It was one of my first shirts. I had Rosicki on the back. Um, do you remember the season that Cesc Fabregas scored that goal on the San Siro in the Champions League? That white away kit with the um, the writing, the grey writing across it. That was the shirt I have. I still have somewhere with Rosicki's name on the back. So, yeah, I think I think Diaby. It's a great shout from Benny. This Gnabry, you know, Gnabry had serious injury problems at Arsenal and that meant Arsenal were willing to eventually just let him leave and, you know, look at what happened when he left. So, really, really frustrated. Gameshot says, uh, unrelated, but what do you know about Kim Kallstrom? Hopefully, we can get somebody uh, who just provides cover. I don't know what Kim Kallstrom is doing these days. Is he still playing? Is he retired? Um, he's 41. Yeah, he has retired. He retired in 2017. He retired six, nearly seven years ago, believe it or not. He retired three years after that loan with Arsenal. Of course, he was mainly known for his time at Lyon. He scored 17 goals in 204 games for Lyon. Went to Spartak uh, Moscow, which is where we got him from on loan as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he, he retired some time ago. Um, Guna76 says, Tom, I just wanted to say a nice one for your content over the Christmas period. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you, mate. Very much appreciated. I'm glad that you guys have enjoyed the Christmas period content. And for those that continue to tune in or those that listen up on Catch Up as well, thank you so much for listening. We've been getting some, you know, crazy numbers of people watching the shows. The channel is growing all the time. The community is getting better all the time. I can't wait to share that experience with you in person in February as well. As I said, remaining tickets last less than 10 tickets available with the link down in the description. And, and 2024 has got the potential to be the best year for the channel for a lot of reasons that will become very clear in the coming weeks, I imagine, as well. So I'm really looking forward to next year. Uh, a lot is changing and a lot more is going to be happening, I think, with the channel. So I'm looking forward to uh, to really kind of trying to find out what this channel can become uh really and, and for me to become better at running a channel it's something i want to get better at i want to do some more editing stuff if anyone's got any tips um i've been considering maybe going on like an editing course if anyone's done anything similar to that like on one you can do online let me know i really want to get better at editing i really want to get better at design and things like that so i'm going to invest a lot of time in 2024 into me getting better at a lot of things. And I think that is, is certainly going to be something. So yeah, let's let's wait and see. Jean says, do you think hitting 75,000 subs is reachable during 2024? That would be a hell of a stretch. I've noticed that the channel's growth has been pretty consistent. We're usually around 10K-ish, usually a, a year. Um, going for 20K a year would be a hell of an achievement. But who knows? Maybe we'll see some exponential growth of the channel this year, I guess. 
we're going to have to wait and see. Um, tonight, I am actually going to be maybe trialing something um, after the game. So I'm not working the game today because I'm on annual leave. And I might be trialing something post-match. We might be doing a post-match phone-in show. Uh, I know I love doing the phone-in shows. Um, and uh, for that reason, it's something I've wanted to maybe try as an Arsenal-dedicated phone-in show for post-match scenarios, if indeed I'm able to do that more, if I'm not at game. So we might be trialing a, a post-match phone-in show um, tonight. I will keep you updated on whether or not. I can't guarantee you that will happen because it's a late game. It's quarter past eight kickoff, so we wouldn't be actually actually do the phone-in show till after eight o'clock, um, which is uh, after 10 o'clock, sorry, which is quite late. But maybe maybe we will have to uh, have a bit of a trial of that tonight. So do tune in full-time, and hopefully we'll have a show for you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your time, as always. Have a fantastic day. Uh, I will speak to you potentially after the game, if not, of course, definitely tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to, uh, to hopefully seeing Arsenal go back to the summit of the Premier League. Have a great day. Stay safe, stay well, stay happy. And, as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.